Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Hey, learn about upcoming events, our podcast, daily devotional, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's study in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 about spring cleaning within the church. Right now, before the Lord, because of what Christ has done, if you're a Christian, you are without sin before the Lord. What? What do you mean without sin? I hear people saying all the time, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Well, you are. But before the Father, because you have the righteousness of Jesus credited to your account, right now you're clean before the Father. You are a new lump. Praise the Lord. You thought, man, I've never been called that before, a new lump. Wow. But in, in the biblical language, that means you're unleavened. That means sin has been dealt with once for all through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for all time. Praise the Lord. This is what we celebrate every Lord's Day. We celebrate our salvation in Christ. We celebrate a free gift given to us by grace. But Paul is saying, look, sweep out the old leaven because that's not who you are anymore. For Christ, end of seven, our Passover also has been sacrificed. You see, for the Jews, what did they do? On Friday of Passover week, they sacrificed a lamb per household. And remember, in the first Passover, they took the blood of the lamb, and what did they do? They applied it to the the post of the door and to the lentil. And when God passed over Egypt and he was judging the false gods of Egypt, when he saw the blood, everyone in that household was passed over. They did not experience judgment. Why? Because of the blood of the lamb. Now, Jesus is the fulfillment of that imagery. Jesus is our Passover. Everybody with me? He, by his blood applied to our lives, causes God's judgment to pass over us now. If you are under the blood, God is not going to judge you. Praise the Lord. That's really good news. You are new in Jesus Christ, a new creation. Christ is our Passover. Now, for a Jewish person celebrating Passover, they think about liberation, They think about freedom from the old life. They think about freedom after hundreds of years in bondage to Egypt, a type of the world. Pharaoh, a type of Satan. The taskmasters whipping them in the mud pits, a type of besetting sin. And when the Passover happened and the last plague happened, the death of the firstborn, and they were protected by the blood, they went out. And when they went out, they went out in freedom and they were celebrating the Lord and his power and they were saying, finally, we're free. What we've been praying for for hundreds and hundreds of years, we have experienced. We are now free, free to be who we are, free not to be surrounded with the pagan deities of Egypt, free not to be at the whim of Pharaoh, whatever he says we have to do, free not to watch our women ravaged and our men die in the mud pits. That's a major, major happening. And so they went out. But even though they went out in the light of God's power and deliverance, what happened to Israel? Well, Israel got to the desert and they weren't walking like a free people. In fact, because of their unbelief and their whining and their complaining, they wandered in the desert 
for 40 years. Some of you have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ and you continue to do this. You continue to wander, although you are free in Christ, you're wandering in the wilderness. And can I say to you, at some point, it's time to take the off-ramp. Everybody know what I'm saying? See, some of you have been in a vicious circle for so long. You're not walking in the freedom that Jesus, with which he's made you free. You haven't taken the off-ramp. You just continue to do this, even though you're a Christian, even though you're born again. And this is what Israel did. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we have, been, we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside or put away every encumbrance, every weight, every burden, and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Sometimes we clean out a part of our house and we stuff it in a closet. <laughs> and then we open the door of that closet and everything comes down. <laughs> God's saying, look, I, I want you to get the stuff out of your life that's becoming a weight on you. And so, having been delivered from Pharaoh, a type of Satan, Egypt, a type of the world, the old besetting sins, the taskmasters, why would you let them rule over you again? You're free. But how many times did Israel whine? How many times did they say, caravans back to Egypt, baby? It's too hard here in the wilderness. It's too hard trying to get to the promises of God. And so they whined and complained. In Acts 7.39, Stephen says to the religious leadership of Israel, our fathers were unwilling to be obedient to him, but repudiated him, and in their hearts, please hear this, in their hearts, Acts 7.39, they turned back to Egypt. And look, the same old battle exists for us as believers. We get set free by Jesus, we're excited, we're singing salvation songs, we're telling people about our new life. But sometimes the Christian life is hard. Amen? Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes the things of the flesh, the world, and a foothold for the devil, sometimes we just open up our lives again to that stuff. And it doesn't take much to find ourselves right back in slavery again, even though technically we're free. Why would the children of Israel ever want to return to a place where they and their children and grandchildren were enslaved. Have you ever read your Bible and just went, what? How many miracles did they see? How, how many mud dances? How many people died in Egypt? How many prayers were prayed for freedom? And then once they were set free, they started selling tickets for caravans back to the place of slavery. And sometimes, if we're honest, that's what we do. We forget. Instead of cleaning out the clutter, we get involved with all kinds of issues and problems. I want you to turn all the way to the book of Numbers. I'm going to give you an example. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I want to show you one account of how it went for these people. And this is about them complaining. And some of you in the new year need to clean out the clutter of complaining. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Don't look at the person that you think this applies to. Don't hit them in the ribs. Uh, maybe you should. Go ahead and hit them. No, I'm just kidding. 
right? So we, we can tend to complain, but let, let me just park for, here for a second and ask you, if you were to be asked right now by someone who loves you, what one thing do you think you need to clean out in the new year? Maybe you'd say, I got 17 of them. Okay, let's start with the top couple. What, what do you think needs to be purged out of your life in this new year? This is a good time to be thinking about those things. So check this out. This is Numbers 11, verse 1. Now the people, that is Israel, became like those who complain of adversity. Numbers 11, 1. In the hearing of the Lord, when the Lord heard it, and by the way, he does hear your complaints even in your car on the freeway. His anger, when the Lord heard the complaining, his anger, Numbers 11.1, 1, was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. The people therefore cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died out. So the name of the place was called Taberah. It means burning, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. And the rabble who were among them had greedy desires. Also the sons of Israel wept again and said, Who will give us meat? Uh, by the way, this is where the uh, statement came, Where's the beef? How many of you remember that commercial from Wendy's? Man, this is dating us. Go ahead and raise your hand, because then I won't feel all alone. Where's the beef? All right, here's, write this down. This is from the book of Numbers. So they said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish, which we used to eat for free. They had fish Friday in Egypt, and it was free fish. Yeah, we were in slavery and all that stuff, but never mind that. It was free fish Friday. It was glorious. And there we were. We had, we had in Egypt, well, you know, yeah, we were slaves, but in Egypt we had the cucumbers and the melons, and the leeks, and this is the Italian translation, the onions and the garlic. But now, our appetite is gone. How many of you have gone on a diet where they make you eat those, those weird, crunchy, what are they called? They're not bread. They're rice cakes. <laughs> yes! And you eat them and you feel like your teeth are falling out of your jaw. It's like not even worth eating. And no wonder people quit a diet after half a day. What can you have on that diet? Well, you get these rice cakes and you, you can put some, uh, some peanut butter on them. Yeah, that, that makes it better. Not dry enough. <laughs> so check this out. They said, our appetite is gone. There's nothing at all to look at except this manna. Some of you just need to write your children's names right here, right? Now the manna was like coriander seed. Its appearance like that of bdellium. Uh, the NIV has resin. The people would go about and gather it and grind it between two millstones or beat it in the mortar and boil it in the pot and make cakes with it. And its taste was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. How many of you wouldn't mind a diet of cake every day? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. How many of you have gone on a diet where they make you eat those, those weird, crunchy, what are they called? They're not bread. The rice cakes. Yes! And you eat them and you feel like your teeth are falling out of your jaw. It's like not even worth eating. And no wonder people quit a diet after half a day. What can you have on that diet? Well, you get these rice cakes and you, you can put some, uh, some peanut butter on them. Yeah, that, that makes it better. Not dry enough. So check this out. They said, our appetite is gone. There's nothing at all to look at except this manna. Some of you just need to write your children's names right here, right? Now the manna was like coriander seed. Its appearance like that of bdellium. Uh, The NIV has resin. The people would go about and gather it and grind it between two millstones or beat it in the mortar and boil it in the pot and make cakes with it. And its taste was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. How many of you wouldn't mind a diet of cake every day? What are they complaining about? You get to eat cake every day. Do you guys know that pancakes are still cake? No. Yeah, they're pancakes. Anyway. I didn't eat anything bad for me. It was a pancake. Yeah, it's a cake. And then you put syrup and butter on it. Right? This is a dream diet for me. Cake every day? But you know how we are. We get sick of things, right? So... Description, when the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna would fall with it. Now Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, each man at the doorway of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly, and Moses was displeased. So check this out. The context, 
the people are crying. What are they crying about? They don't have any meat. <laughs> but it's in the whole camp. Can you imagine being the leader of this group of people? They're all crying because they don't like what they're served every day, even though that food is the miracle and even called the bread of angels. So Moses said to the Lord, Why hast thou been so hard on thy servant? Verse 11. Why have I not found favor in thy sight, and thou hast laid the burden of all this people on me? Was it I who conceived all this people? Some of you are going, oh yeah, thank you, Moses. I needed to hear this. Was it I who brought them forth that thou should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing infant to the land which thou didst swear to their fathers? Lord, can I translate? They're a bunch of crybabies. They're all boo-hooing at the front of their tents about the fact that they don't have any meat to eat. I didn't bear these people. I didn't carry them in my womb. What am I going to do? And so he said, where am I to get meat to give all this people? Do you remember Jesus said to Philip, where are we going to get bread to feed all these people? Now is Moses showing a little lack of faith here? What's he just seen God do in Egypt? All these incredible miracles. And now, now Moses is questioning, right? We're going to get meat for all these people. He says, for they weep before me, saying, give us meat that we may eat. Maybe people were even carrying signs around. Maybe it was a, a group of protesters. Give us meat that we may eat. Give us meat that we may eat. Can you imagine Moses peeking out the window in the morning? Give us meat that we may eat. You can imagine why he said, Lord, I'm sick of it. <laughs> and there were thousands and thousands of them. He said, I alone am not able to carry all this people. It's too burdensome for me. Check this out. If you are not going to deal with thus, if you, if thou art going to deal thus with me, please kill me at once. <laughs> If I have found favor in your sight, do not let me, oh, I mark this. Lord, do not let me see my wretchedness. Oh, Lord. I don't want to look at my wretchedness. Because my response to these people is so ugly. My response to their whining is so terrible for me to look at. Moses, in a very human moment, the most humble man that ever lived, an incredible godly man, says, Lord, just, I can't do it anymore. I'm sick of watching what their behavior does to me in your sight. You ever get to that point in your own life and walk where you just say, Lord, I don't want to look at my wretchedness anymore. The Lord therefore said to Moses, Gather for me seventy men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers, and bring them to the tent of meeting. Let them take their stand there with you. It's good to have others when you're struggling. Sometimes it feels like maybe you're all alone in leadership, etc. And so the Lord promises that he's going to uh, use them and fill them, etc. And so... Look at 18. Say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat. 
For you have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Oh, that someone would give us meat to eat, for we were well off in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall eat not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but a whole month, until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you, because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wept before Him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt. God said, you want meat? Okay. You're going to get it until it's coming out your nose. Man. Radical, right? This freed Passover people in the wilderness boohooing at the front of their tents. And God said, enough is enough. You ever been there with your children? Oh, you want that? Okay. You're going to get it, all right. Until it's coming out your nose. So this is what happens. So Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000 on foot. Probably they're the men. Yet thou hast said, I will give them meat in order that they may eat for a whole month. This is a big number. Should flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to be sufficient for them? Should all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to be sufficient for them? This is what the apostles asked Jesus. Where, where are we going to get bread for all these people? And there were only about, what, 5,000 plus women and children? And the Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's power limited? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. Skip all the way down to 31. Now there went forth a wind from the Lord, and it brought quail from the sea and let them fall beside the camp. About a day's journey on the side, on this side and a day's journey on the other side, all around the camp, about two cubits deep on the surface of the ground. So there were a lot of them. The people spent all day and all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. Uh, he who gathered least gathered 10 homers, which is uh, hitting it over the fence in baseball. No, I'm just kidding. It's, <laughs> sorry, 50 bushels in the New Living Translation. So it was a lot. Each person got a lot. They spread them out for themselves all around the camp. And while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people. The Lord struck the people with a very severe plague. So the name of that place was called Kibroth Hatava, which means graves of gluttony. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and this was part two of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 called Spring Cleaning. Hey, just a reminder, we archive our radio teachings on our website, walkintruth.com, and we also podcast the program for free. Search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like iPodcast, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and pretty much every other one. So go listen to any teaching you missed in this series and any other series we've done. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final thought. Well, you know, as we talk about spring cleaning, some people might say, well, if God is a God of love, shouldn't we accept all people in the church? Well, that's an interesting question. And we do accept all people in the church because the church is a hospital for sinners, no doubt. But what do we do if someone is militant? Uh, against the truth of the gospel. They're trying to undermine the truth. Their sin is beginning to affect and hurt others. Well, then that's when the church in love has to deal with that individual. 
Remember in Matthew 18, as we deal with some of these hard questions related to church discipline, Jesus said, go to the person in private, protect their reputation. And if they hear you, you've won your brother, you've saved them from further harm. And it's the end of the story. It's only when it ramps up and someone is defiant and unrepentant and you've taken every possible step that you would get to the extreme step of saying, hey, you know, if you're going to continue to do this, you're not with the program, then maybe we need to part company. And and that can be a hard time. And that's an extreme only when you've, you've really exhausted every other means. And that's, I think, how we have to look at it in the church. And I really believe that's Jesus's heart in Matthew 18. Now, guys, men out there, I want to remind you that we have a Bible study on November 21st at Honey's Restaurant. I happen to be teaching through the Gospel of John with another uh, dear brother named Mark. He's a great teacher. We're going through John chapter 7 right now, and I would love for you to join this Bible study, 9 a.m. Honey's Restaurant, City of Corona, right off of Maine and the 91 Freeway. If you have a little bit of a flexible schedule, we start at 9, we end at 10, we have some coffee, some breakfast, and enjoy getting into the Word and exhorting and encouraging one another in the faith. So I'm teaching that study. I'd love to see you there. Also, I'd like to add for you ladies, there's no study at the church tomorrow, but there is prayer time on Saturday. And you can find out the information on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Check it out today. Check out all the information on the church, and hopefully we'll see you at one of these uh, studies or events. God bless you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 called Spring Cleaning. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth today, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.